0: Welcome to Train to Endure, a dialogue around the interconnection between faith, sport, and life. I'm your co-host, Abby Kruger.
1: And I'm your other co-host, Matt Margarone. Uh, I'm the chaplain of athletics here at Hope College. And the subject of our podcast today is, is just that, the integration of faith in sport. We're gonna be hearing today from Assistant Athletic Director at Hope College, Courtney Cust, and the women's basketball, assistant women's basketball coach here. And so I'm super excited to welcome her today. So as we begin uh, this podcast, uh, I wanted to explain a little bit about this idea of endurance. Uh, train to Endure is the name of our podcast, and uh, I want to read this definition to you. The definition of an endurance, the Greek word, is to abide or remain under, not simply with resignation, but with a vibrant hope. The idea of enduring is not just to grin and bear it, but to remain under trials in such a way that that we glorify God. I believe that uh, endurance is something that you have to train for. When you think about running a marathon, when you think about training for um, a a fight, boxing event, or a soccer game, or lacrosse game, it is something that you have to put in the work um, to be able to accomplish. And uh, I believe the same happens with our emotional life And even our spiritual life, that um, especially in this season that we're in right now, endurance is something uh, that we all kind of need. And so that's why uh, we're here today. That's what we're going to be talking about over this semester um, and throughout this season is endurance.
0: Yeah, great. So uh, just a little bit more about me. I am a senior here at Hope College. I'm a student athletics chaplain and a newly retired women's soccer player. And I'm just super excited to take on this podcast with Matt. Um, You know, as someone who has identified as a Christian and an athlete for the majority of my life, uh, it really wasn't until coming to school um, and college that I began to learn that my faith and my sport actually could intersect and that they could do so in a way that honored and glorified the Lord. So we're just super excited to kick this off today and to really dive into a whole range of topics as we go relating to faith, sport, and life. So keeping that in mind, we welcome today's guest, Courtney Cust. Thanks.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to be on and actually super honored to be the first guest, and it's my first time on a podcast, so (laughs) I'm fired up. Same
0: here. (laughs) Yeah, we're super excited to have you, Courtney. Um, So could you just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and what your role is here at Hope?
2: For sure. So... as Matt said, I am the Assistant Athletic Director uh, for Events here at Hope and also Assistant Women's Basketball Coach. Um, kind of my path and my background, I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, kind of far away, five hours away from Hope, but ended up coming up to Hope to play basketball in college. Um, graduated in 2013, played for Coach Mo, Um And right when I graduated, I moved back home with the intent of never coming back to Michigan. And then the job opened up and I came running right back.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, So what do you enjoy about your job?
2: Yeah. um, So I think the biggest thing for me is the people and like really like the reason I stay and like the reason I'm still here is 100% the people, the relationships. And um, that's it's the reason I'm still here. So
1: That's awesome. And I think that's what it's all about. For those of us who've been on teams or coach teams or been a part of it, uh, the moments you remember are are definitely the wins, but also the losses, but also like the bus rides and hanging out in the fields and the time when something funny happens in practice and you laugh and there and there's just joy in people in sports. Uh, yeah. Is there any thoughts about that, Courtney?
2: Yeah, you know what? That's actually really funny. I just listened to a podcast the other day and this woman was talking... Um She's a coach at UCLA, and she said um, someone told her one time that in your four years uh, working with student athletes, like you spend 3,500 hours with them, and maybe that's different at Division three. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but it's a lot, right? And she said four percent of that is in a game, and it's pretty cool. Like she tries to focus on the 96, and like that like hit home with me so hard because that's totally what it's about. I mean. It's all the extra time. It's the the 96%. It's not, the games are important and that's why you do it all. But at the same time, like you spend so much more time with people like hanging out and just being around each other, building relationships. So,
1: and that 96%, I love that. I've never heard that before, but that 96% is so formational it, for vocation, for calling in life, for relationships with significant others. I, I think the power of team, the power of learning about those relationships really shapes kind of your whole life and how you interact with people beyond. And so that's what what a gift. That, that's what I've experienced in my time. I was a Hope athlete, soccer player here too. And um, I mean, some of, some of the memories can't be shared here via microphone, because but they are the ones that um, I remember most, ones with my teammates and my coaches, so. Well, today we wanted to talk with you, Courtney, about kind of the integration of faith and sport. Sometimes these two things uh, feel like they need to be compartmentalized, and there's one that happens over here, and so my faith life happens here, and on the team, I kind of hide it or I keep it to myself, and then my sport life is over here, and so that's where I am competitive, that's where I can just act however I want, (laughs) whenever I want, and so... We believe, Abby and I and others, that, that faith and sport have a unique way of integrating. But how do, how do we do that? So in what ways have you seen in your life where faith and sport have this interconnection?
2: Yeah. Um, when, when I saw this question, the first thing I thought about was actually... Um, the first time maybe that I I saw it happen in my life. And it brings me back to high school, my high school um, basketball coach. She would make us go around in a circle, right? So before every single game, we'd all hold hands and go around in a circle. And we had to say the words, he is my defender, I will not be defeated. And it's from Psalm 62. And um, like at first, you, you know, you say that as 15, 16, 17, you know? And you're like, okay, cool. Like, let's go play the game. Like, whatever, we're doing this thing. And like, it doesn't actually hit home and like till you need it right so he is my defender i will not be defeated i never like like you know being a defender is a very that's a basketball term going undefeated or being defeated is a sports term and like to see that in the bible for the first time and like through a bible verse i just think you didn't i didn't really need it until like something came up in my life where i was like oh yeah, like I believe that. Like you just say it so much over and over and over again like one day I was just like, like that's so true. And I think for me, like that was the first time it kind of clicked. Like there is this connection between sport and faith, and um, I credit her a lot for that. But also, like it's just that's it's just the first time like I I could really see the two connect. Um, I also think so. The other thing that I was kind of thinking about was uh, Tim Schoonveld one time, our athletic director, said to me that he believes like the three things we're supposed to, or like the three reasons why we're on this earth is to love God, receive God's love, and then bear fruit. And I think like that bear fruit part is like... Right now, it's it's kind of like the thing I've been focusing on this year because I, it, you're not playing as many games and things. So, like, what is our mission? Like, we can go through all this tough stuff, but and what's happening in the world right now? But like, the mission is the same, and I think that's to bear fruit. And what that means to me is like to love on people. It's like the love in action kind of thing. And uh, for like like I just think that sports can be like a vessel for how you get. Your faith um, in front of students, and for me, like again, the mission is to bear fruit and to love on students and be the example and spread joy. And if if I can do that, um, sports is just is just a good way for me to do that. So,
1: yeah, that's awesome. There's a there's a verse in John 15 which talks about the idea of abiding or remaining, remaining in God, and that um, kind of this image of a tree. Uh, That when we are connected, we're rooted deeply into something that when we're in Jesus, in God, then we will bear fruit. But apart from God, there's not much that we can do. It actually says you can do nothing. And I'm thinking about this idea of endurance and and how uh, that definition from before Uh, to abide or to remain under, not simply with resignation, but with a vibrant hope. The idea of enduring is not just to grin and bear it, but to remain under trials in such a way that we glorify God. So we are rooted in and whatever storm comes, if we're connected to the true source of life, uh, then we can bear fruit. And so in this season, um, that's a cool kind of connection, but then there's the sports part of it and we're without sports right now. For sure. Um, so that makes it different. So where do we find our identity? How do we bear fruit? And that's, that's some of the questions.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Courtney, being at Hope, um, obviously we're a Christian school, um, but as you know, not all athletes approach their faith in the same way. Um, so could you tell us kind of uh, what you think about relating to players that are at different points in their faith journey um, and how one might go about that?
2: I personally feel like I am here to plant a seed and I say that like I'm not a chaplain I'm not a pastor I'm not like I think as Christians we're called to create more Christians and and go out and um, you know help people uh, lead people to Jesus but at the same time I also think that um, I recognize that as a basketball coach I might not be the one always you know saying the Bible verses or quoting scripture and uh, preaching at people. But I hope that in like the way I live and the way I like have one-on-one dialogue with them, the, just like the relationship building again, like I plant a seed and maybe, maybe, you know, I build a great relationship and, and we can kind of integrate that uh, faith and support together and, um, you know, help, help lead someone uh, along their faith journey. But at the same time, maybe like, I'm just planting a seed and then someone else comes along and, and it's like, it's a journey. And I think everyone's journey is different. So um, yeah, my mission is just to to be that example and then also find opportunity to have dialogue and find um, ways to, to just come again, come alongside people where they're at and, and see what comes of that. So
0: yeah, I love that. Just um, yeah, as Christians, like we have a call in our life to be and make disciples. And I think, the root of that really does come from relationship and sport offers like such an awesome opportunity, whether as a coach or as a fellow athlete to really build and invest in those relationships. And yeah.
1: Let's, let's also not get it mixed up. Cause you are a great coach and your team like undefeated season last year. Uh, And so these things can mix. You can develop people, um, young women and men to become uh, disciples to enter into their life um, towards faith, but at the same time, get after it on the basketball court and get after it as an athlete. And, and that's where I think the beauty of sport and faith can uh, intersect is that like when you pursue excellence in sport, there's some part about that, which is a reflection of what the creator wants for us. Um, is to push past what we thought we could do to get to a place alongside other people. It reminds me of that Hebrews verse 12, one through three. Therefore, if we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, these other faithful people, let us fix our eyes on Jesus and run with perseverance this race marked out for us. And I think... um, this idea of doing it with other people together gives us a picture of what the kingdom of God kind of could look like yeah. as we do it and get after it excellently. Now, with that being said, there is some there is some definitely issues with this faith and sport kind of intersection. There's obstacles um, with that. And so we wanted to talk about some of those subjects today. And I, I think we've entered into this um, a little bit before, but... For this podcast, like it, it, it begs the question: Does God care about sports at all? In the grand scheme of this big world, when we're in the COVID pandemic, and in the issue of racial um, injustice and violence, and all this other stuff going on in the world um, that's been going on for hundreds of years, what what sport? What does sport have to do with that? And does God care about sport at all?
2: yeah i i think totally um i i I just it would be hard for me to wake up every day if i thought god didn't (laughs) um but at the same time i i think it's like i don't want to repeat myself but i just think it's a vessel to learn more about him and i think like the same way that like the arts or like dance or music uh can all point back to him like i totally think sports can point back to him and maybe like not as clearly as someone singing worship music but um it's all just a a chance to to glorify him and 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 learn like i think there's i think there's so many faith lessons and life lessons that can be learned by playing sport and um and you can learn you know learn about who god is and who his character is through sport and actually um I think right now you're kind of seeing that with like the whole like facing adversity and I think our our coaches like maybe I'm I might go on a tangent here but our coaches like it's so cool for me to see them like face adversity every single day and like do it in a great way and I've never seen a group of people like rally together and come together and like um understand that like the mission is still the same even though we're right now fall sports like we're not competing like that's really 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 hard for a coach whose identity is to be a coach right like um and and that's like their career it's like whatever it's it's everything but um at the same time like the mission is the same and, and I think it's a it's a life lesson that's a faith lesson I think like they're doing a, an unbelievable job at like still keeping the main thing the main thing and for me a lot of times like that's our relationship with God and like how can we again like bring sports back as a vessel to to glorify him and um so that I mean that maybe went off a little bit but I also think I I totally think God cares about sports because he cares about us and um yeah I I just think it's it's a way to glorify him
0: yeah I love how you like touched on worship too because I think that's something I've totally seen even just in like being an athlete like the past couple years like god like gives us these talents and these skills and abilities and like to use them and to train our bodies and to do that in a way like that actually glorifies him can be an act of worship and yeah like we often tie worship to singing on a sunday but worship can be so many other things in our life and i think like for athletes and coaches sport is absolutely an act of worship and i think god really does care about it
1: yeah, um, give give it to us. What do you? No, got? no, it's great. It's great. I I think that, and I'm the chaplain of athletics, so this is a, a funny conversation. But um, it's also it's also hard. I, I think there are times where, um, yeah, the mission is is the main thing. It's the one thing. But sometimes uh, sports can. This term that we talk about in the Bible, idolatry, is this idea that you put something out of its proper order, um, and God is, in the proper order, our worship, but, but, but sin in and of itself and this idea of living in a broken world uh, kind of means that we get things out of order, if you will. And it seems, maybe more than other things, sports tend to sometimes get out of order, and they become our God. I mean, you look at youth sports, you look at college sports, you look at, um, if, if you think of how many how many hours you've spent on the field versus how many hours you've spent in conversation and prayer around God, it's kind of, you're talking about 94% and 6%. I wonder what those percentage looks like for youth growing up and What are our idols and where does God play into that? Can you glorify God in sport? Yes, but can it become our idol real quickly and get out of its proper order? Um, I think so. So I don't know what you guys think about that. What do we do with that? How do we shift maybe our focus in in those type of conversations?
2: Yeah, I think that's so true. I think it's incredibly, incredibly hard. And there's no doubt that I have fall into that and so many people in the sports world have fallen into that and I, I just think like again <laughs> I don't want to uh keep repeating myself but like it's the it's relationships and it's mentors and it's like who's someone's someone's got to be I mean that's why you're here Matt like you're in the athletics chaplain to ke- keep us like focused on the right road and and I think that that's you know I mean coaches can get and we're not perfect. Like coaches can get hung up on that too. But I think like um, that's that's kind of why we're here too, is to to just build up the athletes and and be around them and like uh, help them realize that like, hey, this is you know you the most most of the kids here at Hope are not going to go professional in whatever they're doing. At the end of their four years, they're going to be done, and then like they have to take that and and go live live the rest of their life. And so we, it's hard. to, I mean we can't get caught up in it because, because of that. And because, you know, I think as a leader and as like a mentor to people on campus, like that is also my role. And I, I think it's, I think it's very, very hard, um, you know, at the, at the age of 18 to talk to someone about how their sport, you know, they need to be spending, um, just as much time like in their quiet time and going you know at church and then they're reading their bible and all this stuff as they are in their sport it's just probably not going to happen. like mm-hmm. if we're honest it's probably just not going to happen because of the requirements of the sport but i think it's it's again like just hammering home the concept of like what is most important and like if you see someone going down a path like you know just building into them and loving on them and and trying to steer them we're just trying to steer the ship here
0: <laughs> I Um, And, yeah, I think it, like, too, just comes down to identity. When your identity is not found in Christ alone, like, it's so easy for so many things to become idolized. And for athletes, obviously, sport, you're in any area where you're receiving praise and um, gratification and things like that. But I think, yeah, like, when your identity is found in Christ. like
1: Man, I, I remember my last soccer game here at Hope. Uh, I never thought we were going to lose. Like, it just, like, I didn't, it didn't process in my brain that there was a potential that we might lose. Uh, we were 10 and 0 at home in soccer. We were, uh, hadn't had a goal scored on us in the national tournament, and we got to a shootout and we lost. And I just remember being broken and thinking to myself, and don't get me wrong, I'm Chaplin, you said that earlier, but like I am one of the most competitive people um, around and I hate losing. Um, but I, I just remember my identity was like, what now? What now? Where, where do I go with, with all of this? I put so much energy, so much time, so much into this thing that I love and I still love. And granted, I I work here now at Hope and it has become a part of my vocation and it's become part of my calling in life. But at the same time, I did think I had that, like you were talking about, Abby, a misplaced identity in in the point. So what happens when we have that injury? What happens when uh, COVID hits and you can't even have contact in practice or you have to wear a mask or what happens when you get cut from the team? Um, Where does our identity truly lie? You can never take away sport because sport will always exist. The ability to train your body can happen outside of this specific team, but if we have that misplaced identity, I think we're we're lost a little bit. So
2: you know what? That makes me think. Uh, Coach Mo and I go back and forth all the time, and maybe like I I still have a lot to learn. I know, but um, we joke all the time. I I say that we. I say that the end goal, like or like the motivating factor, is a national championship, right? Like I'm like like winning, like we gotta win. And he is so much wiser than me because he's been here for 25 years, and he's like no, because he's only he's won one out of 25 years, right? And one is like that's actually a great percentage for most coaches. And he knows that 24 seasons have ended in that same heartbreak that you're talking about, and so he's a lot wiser and says, you know the the motivating factor should be the process and like the everyday Mm -hmm. and the, the building of people and the building of basketball players. And, um, you know, the kind of like the roller coaster that is the season is like, actually what, what makes it great. And I'm sitting back here like national championships, like (laughs) we're going to win it all. And he's like, yeah, that's the goal. But the, the process is also important. So I just think, you know, I, I have a lot to learn, but, um, I just think that's a, so my mentor, my, my wiser counsel is over there hammering at home every day to me. So,
1: And I'm going to give you guys, like, I don't know if I can legally do this, but I think you guys were national champions last year.
2: <laughs> I'm not saying that. You can't
1: say that out loud. You're not allowed to say that. I'm allowed to say that as an undefeated team, ranked number one in the country. Um, but it's okay. The games didn't get played out in, in the end, but... Um, yeah, I wanted to jump to this uh, this other question, because it kind of fits in a little bit here. And Abby and Courtney, love to hear what you think about this. Uh, can you be a quote unquote good Christian and still be competitive? How do those two... Things uh, go together because I feel like there are times in my athletic career, even now, I don't know if it's whether I'm playing spike ball or uh, cornhole outside, um, where I feel myself having this tendency where do I just uh, wipe the floor with this person and get this competitive spirit or do I act all humble and kind and joyful and are those the only ends of the spectrum you can be on? I want to hear what you guys think about that.
0: Yeah. Um I think we can absolutely be competitive as Christians. And I think like that competitive spirit really does come from the Lord. Even if we think about like, we are constantly in like a war like with a real enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy, like we have to be competitive and um compete against that from a place of victory and knowing what Christ has done on the cross, but I think that competitive edge and spirit really does come from the lord and we do have to be careful about maybe how it comes out and i think to just noting like um we should never value like worldly victories like over winning people from christ and yeah
2: yeah that's good that's good i also um I am gonna quote President Scogin. I heard him speak, uh, or he, he said something to our student athletes one time that I, I think it'll stick with me forever. And he said, um, I, I fully believe we're called to be We're called to be competitive, and like God thinks it's it's a good thing. I think we're called to excellence. Um, But but President Scoggan said, uh, quoting the Bible, said the, you know, in the Bible it says the first shall be last, and the last shall be first, and like that's a servant leader model. That's you know, but at the end of the day, the goal is like still to be first. It's just the last shall be first, right? So Jesus is literally saying, like, you know, in the servant leader model, like your goal is to be first, but that means that you must put others before yourself, and then you will be rewarded for that. And I also think, I mean, you think back to the typical uh, Bible verses that athletes refer to all the time, but run in such a way as to win the prize. And like, like, that's a call to excellence, I think, and a call to competitiveness. And like, we're called to win the prize, like go try to win it. And I think, I actually think sometimes like, Christians get a a bad rap for being like the oh too kind oh too humble like I think we're called to excellence I think we're called to compete and um, I think the beauty in that is like you bring others alongside you like you raise the bar for everyone else and um, if you can do that I mean we have a, a theme in our program. It's, it's win everything. And, like, a lot of people probably see that and say, oh, you're just trying to win every game. But, like, no, we're, like, trying to win every single moment that we're in every day. And whether that's, you know, you win the conversation, you you look someone in the eyes when you're talking to them, you say thank you to the lunch lady, you um, are, are you're winning in your classroom, you're winning in relationships, you're winning on the court, you're winning in the weight room, like, all this stuff. So... I think I think it's what we're called to do, but I would like to hear your thoughts.
1: Oh yeah, it, win every moment. I love that uh, idea when everything could be construed at all like at all costs, right. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you you watched the Last Dance documentary uh, this summer with Michael Jordan, um, and I think there's a tension that lays there, right? Uh, Even watching a guy like Jimmy Butler right now playing and his competitive spirit and what that can do sometimes is you're winning at the highest level, pushing other people to be better in everything that they do. Uh, At times, that can be isolating. And so I think there's a... A balance that can come with that is pushing every moment to be the best that you can be out of what God's called you to be. And yet at the same time, not forgetting uh, our true call is to be in right relationship with the God of the universe and, and with others around us. And so when that... Uh, scale gets tipped, I think we can start to feel it internally. I think it it starts to um, manifest itself in the relationship with uh, uh, God and with others. And we start to sense that tension and feel that tension. And so that's where we just need maybe that course correction to say, okay, where where am I missing it? Where am I... um, off a little bit cuz trajectory right in anything gets off quickly if you're just a half degree off you know a couple of days a couple of weeks 6 months down the road you're way off the course and so i think it's always that constant everyday reminder to ourselves to say hey where am i um and what direction am i going in my relationship with god and others and when sport and our competitive nature gets in the way of that then we've got a. But I, I agree with you on the excellence piece. Like the greatest thing about it, what you what you said that really stuck with me was bringing other people along, right? When you push past your comfort zone, when you push past what you thought you were capable of doing, when you say that the impossible is possible, that's a Jesus thing. Like Jesus did impossible things and made them possible, and so I think there's some part of that that God wants for us. But when we're off, that can kind of really lead to misalignment, if you will. So,
0: yeah. Um, so also thinking off of that um, comes the question, does God care who wins? And I think this is pretty highly debated, but yeah, love to hear you guys' thoughts. <laughs> you
2: know what i i have have no idea idea. (laughs) (laughs) i love that answer Uh, i don't know i mean i think at the end of the day like god is rooting for us I, i don't know i i'm not saying he's rooting not rooting for other people i i just think like you and me like god is for us he's rooting for us i can't tell you if he cares that hope wins versus other people i don't i don't think so but um but I don't have a good, a good answer for that. I just, I think God roots for you and me. I think he roots for everyone. Um, and yeah, like he's with us, he's for us. And that's, that's the best
0: I got.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, Abby?
0: Yeah, I think God absolutely cares. And I think probably not in the way we think. Mm -hmm. We see so often, you know, post game interviews. Oh, like, all glory to God or like in this concept of like God like blessed me with this win and so I don't think he cares about it in that sense but like God cares about everything that happens in the universe so like I have to think he cares about it and I think more in a way of like like he cares about games because they're an opportunity for us like his created beings to enjoy play and like he cares about games because the outcomes of them can actually like bring him glory when we choose to keep the game second. And like, I think like most importantly, like God cares about winning others for the kingdom. And like if a outcome of a game or a match can in some way, like put someone on a certain faith trajectory, he has to care about that. So I don't think you know, he's like in heaven with his Hope jersey on, like rooting for us. But yeah, I wish. But I think he does care in like, those other aspects of what a win or a loss could teach us or could put someone else on.
1: Yeah, that man, I love the way you phrase that. Um, I have this like, vision of two Division I football programs praying in the locker room before their game and God kind of sitting up there on a Saturday, prime time, up in his palace thinking, oh, man, do I who prayed better, you know, who who is more faithful this week. And I just don't know if that's the way that God works. I love that you said God cares because God does care about humanity. God cares about humanity deeply and he cares about individual people. And uh, you see it throughout scripture, you see it throughout the Bible that God weeps with people when they're hurting and God rejoices with people uh, in victory and celebrations. But the nature of caring whether someone wins 17, 13, or 30 to nothing, um, I don't know if, if that's the, the grandest, um, grandest thing on the docket for the day, if you will. I don't, I don't know if that God is in the midst of those wins and losses. And so I, I always thought about it when I was competing that my prayer would be that I would glorify God Not that I would win, but that when I went out on that field, that I would glorify God. I would pray for safety for myself and the other teammates on the field. And I would pray that that whatever happens today, that it would be a way that uh, would be that worship that we talked about earlier, would be a reference to whatever I'm doing, that I'm doing this and to glorify God. And and that God is going to do the rest with it. He's going to use those. Relationships in the 94% of the time where we're not competing to bring about his glory later. He's gonna be using the process that we talked about to bring glory to God. And he cares deeply about all of that stuff. But the wins and losses, perhaps, maybe, well, I'm not gonna say perhaps. I know that sometimes we learn as much from our losses as we do from our wins.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like God might use your loss and the national tournament to teach you something about identity and like he might I don't know if
1: I believe that I still want that win but I'm just kidding uh,
0: right um yeah. but yeah like you might use that win to like um somebody to show their teammate that hey like this win isn't everything like we've got this higher victory in Christ or yeah I but um yeah I think he does care and I think probably not at all in the way our culture perceives it but yeah, it's important to think about that though and understand why he does.
1: That's awesome. Thanks, Abby. You know, um, one last question that I have for us um, is doesn't... Um, mixing faith and sports create more problems. We're kind of in this season of life. Uh, I think about the NBA and the NFL, think about the national anthem, or I think about Black Lives Matter movement. I think about how politics and faith and sports and race and all of that mixed in. Some people would argue that when you Bring it into the culture and the world of sports that you're just then sports becomes diluted or it's it's more about some other social agenda than it is about sport. What do you, what do you all think about about that?
2: Yeah, so I'm a forever optimist. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go the optimistic route here, and I I totally think that uh, I think sport can be divisive for sure. I think. Um, the mixing of all of it and like the you bring it into a locker room I think it can be divisive but there's a part of me and the optimist in me says like actually I think it can bring you together and um I think especially in college like think about you have people from all different backgrounds you're not all from the same town in high school you're all from the same town you know but in college you're different backgrounds different paths and um I think it can help overcome some of those de- divisive issues. You are all on a team working together, and like if done the right way, like you should be all be pushing the rock towards a common goal, and like that overcomes everything else. And um, you know, we uh, watched "Remember the Titans" at the football stadium on Wednesday. I had a bunch of students out there watching, and and I absolutely love that movie. Um, but I, I think um, I also heard someone else say that you have to have like 100 mundane conversations with people before you can have like one impactful one. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool because I think people try to walk into locker rooms sometimes or walk into spaces and just like... State their opinion and walk out. Like, and then that just causes problems. Whereas I think, like in the movie, Remember the Titans, if you think about it, like they went off to that that training camp and had to room with people that were not from the same, uh, did not have the same background as them. They were, you know, just together all the time in the cafeteria. Their coach made them go up and like say what they've learned about their roommates and all this stuff. And and like they're just around each other. And like that's time and that's relationship and that's like a hundred mundane conversations. And they might. Not be it might not actually be a hundred, you know, but like it's just time spent like hanging out with people that then you go to them and you can say, like, okay, tell me about this, like tell me why you believe this, or like tell me why you think this, or you know, and, and I think like that actually is the beauty of sport because you're just naturally around each other so much more, like you're you're naturally like you know practicing together and hanging out and like whatever. And, and hopefully again, like if done the right way, I'm an optimist. I, I hope it's done the right way, but like it, that actually opens the door to greater conversation and uncomfortable conversations, which I think is, is super important. So I'm going to go the other route and say that I actually think sports can like totally bring you together. I think again, like, uh, we say in athletics all the time, speed of the leader, speed of the team. And if the leader's putting you in situations where you can have some of those uncomfortable conversations like the the team's gonna have them and um but I think it all starts with relationship building and time spent with each other and I just thought like remember the Titans was actually a great example of that uh of those guys all coming together but it started because they were they were literally forced to in training camp or whatever they called that in high school and um and it just all added up to them being able to break down some huge barriers in their lives, so. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I love, like, that piece about just relationships and um, how, like, sport can totally foster that. And I think, like, too, like, as believers, we're constantly, like, we're going to face rejection. Like, that's a guaranteed to us in scripture. Um, but I just don't think we should ever risk Um, that rejection or risk like the division it may come like I don't think that should ever hinder us from living out our true identity as believers and sharing Christ with those around us and I think like you said Courtney if we have those relationships in place and we put in the time and effort into those um yeah I would just hope there would be less rejection but yeah I just don't think um any of those issues should ever hinder us from living out our faith.
1: Yeah, and I, I think in future episodes, we're gonna dive deeper into some of these kind of conversations around race, um, politics, how they interact with faith and sports. Um, but I love the idea of the Remember the Titans uh, kind of scene, Coach Herman Boone, right? I think, yeah, uh, what a boss. Um, just, but he had one mission, one vision, And no matter what the obstacles that came in their way, you know, parents, fans, even captains of your teams, everybody was kind of like, is this going to work and pushed forward? And I think the power of team does that. There is, you know, in our world, there's a difference between spectators and talking heads and the team and the coach. And I think the power of the team and the coach coming together, um, who cares in the end? What the talking heads are saying you're on a mission and a vision to accomplish a goal and nobody knows what it's like to have that conversation with that person across the room. I think part of this is this might get me talking a little bit um, in my own personal opinion, but part of our problem is that we do all of this conversation not with people. Uh, across the table or with them in relationship. We just share our opinions on social media or a comment board uh, without being with people that are different than us. And on a team, you are forced together working towards a common goal. And so sports actually brings that together and that's your teammate that you're going to battle with. And so you know they're for you. And when they're for you, you can have those deeper conversations that are harder. And so I actually think, like you, in an optimistic way, that that there's no better place to have those conversations than when you're working together towards a common goal. Now, the noise outside of it, that's when it gets convoluted and hard. But when you're in that locker room, when you get on that field, and when you have those conversations in the 94%, growth can happen, and I think that that's a beautiful opportunity. Well, wow, thank you, Courtney Cust. What a... What a conversation, thanks for being with us today. Uh, It was really great to have you um, for our first podcast. And so, for the four of you that have tuned in today, um, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. we have really enjoyed this conversation we look forward to having uh more conversations in the future but I I just want to thank you Courtney for being here um and uh sharing some of your life with us yeah
2: thank you guys again I'm just super grateful and uh yeah I'm super excited to, to listen to the podcast and hear all your future future guests so
0: Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to Train to Endure, a dialogue around the interconnection between faith, sport, and life.
1: Our guest today was Courtney Cust, and it was a blast to have her, uh, such a successful coach and athletic director, share her thoughts on some of the most important subjects in sport.
0: Yeah, I think today we really scratched the surface on um, a lot of topics that we're excited to dive deeper into throughout the rest of this podcast. Um, So we're super excited to see where this goes and where this takes us. And we hope you guys stick around for the journey.
1: Thanks everyone, have a great day.